Weather, one, two, three. <laughs> you only have to clap ah, okay. at the start. You don't have to clap when you say cut. Although that's very cute. <laughs> cut. No. <laughs> action. It's action now. It's cut when it's over. <laughs> cut. Oh. No action, you say. Yeah, but I I'm cutting this one right now. Okay. Deutsch. Action. <laughs> okay, so welcome to Total Global, Total Global. Global Total. Global Total. <laughs> That's what you wanted to say, right? <laughs> Maybe. So I'm Esten. Hello, I'm Friedi. And today we have a full packed episode. Today we're going to be talking about the global and the local and global citizenship. Yes. Efton's favorite topic. My favorite topic. Mm -hmm. I I prepared a lot for this episode. Um, Freedy just looked over my notes. What do you think about my notes, Freedy? They're intense. Uh, they're interesting. And I'm happy to uh, ask a lot of questions. Awesome. Okay, so my first question for you, Frida, is what does global citizenship mean to you? Oh, I thought I asked a question to you. Well, I want to start off by giving you the floor. Okay, um, after, after you take over. <laughs> <laughs> um, global citizenship to me means... Um, good question. I think um, that I, I'm responsible in a global sense so it means i have the freedom to travel in the whole world and feel home everywhere but i also have the responsibility to um to to work that to work for this goal that um every place in the world like globally is livable and nice and i think that's um what I think that everything um, belongs together and yeah I mean we have the freedom especially with a German passport I have the freedom to travel everywhere I want but um, this traveling everywhere I want also brings responsibility mm -hmm. with it okay so what sort of responsibilities would you say that you have as a global citizen well um, for example um, sich einsetzen für um, to um, well that I work for or that I put effort in and am interested in in topics um, political topics or cultural topics mm -hmm. all over the world and um, that um, I inform myself and that um, for example um, fight against climate change because it's a global problem um, mm -hmm. And that I, in my little, small, uh, like, position, I have still am responsible and try to reduce my um, my carbon footprint. <laughs> like my, um, we watched a YouTube video today about the carbon footprint, and that is uh, created by um, BP. By BP, um, but I still think that, and that's crazy, but I. Still think that we as people have responsibility to, um, yeah, to reduce our carbon footprint. So um, that's one responsibility. But but yeah, also definitely um, informing myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's actually a pretty spot on 
definition of, of what's agreed upon. Um, what do you think is global citizenship? What well, does I mean, it mean for, to you personally before you start um, talking about the talking other about the what, notes, what my research? Say. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, I think it's staying informed. I uh, I'll get into it more later in the episode, but to me, I have like a political definition. Uh, not so social or cultural. So f a lot of the definitions focus on yeah, staying informed or feeling a part of humanity as a whole, identifying as a member of humanity, basically, or as a global citizen. But I, for me, the more important isn't, I mean, that's obviously very important. But for me, it's also based on like the rights that you ha would have as a global citizen. Yeah. So the ability to Uh, free, have freedom of movement for all people yeah. around the world and yeah. the abolishment of statelessness. Yeah, wow. Um, statelessness, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so... That's important. Yeah, it's very important. And there's a lot of people without a country and without a passport who don't enjoy any uh, civil rights at all because of that. Um, and they obviously still live within a country. Yeah. Um, yeah, and refugees are the prime example, but there's also people who aren't refugees that are stateless. Yeah. Um, and so statelessness, unrecognized peoples, that sort of thing. Um, and then also the ability to vote in global affairs. Uh, so I think, uh, the ability for the individual to have a voice on the global stage, mm, I yeah. think that would be something, a part of global citizenship for me. So it, it for me, it goes beyond Very idealistic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, but it's less about, yeah, like caring about mm -hmm. global issues and mm. more about having a say in how global issues are solved mm -hmm. or how we respond to them as a species. Um, so that's my definition. But so uh, my first memory, and I don't know if you ever saw this, of the concept is like, did you ever see those uh, Think Global, Act Local yeah, bumper course. stickers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I, I grew up in a very like uh, progressive part of the U.S. and that was all over on all the like Subaru cars. Everyone had that along with like the coexist bumper sticker. Do you know the coexist one? No. It's the word coexist made out of um, like every religion's logo basically. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. So it was like, it was very common to see like the coexist bumper sticker mm -hmm. and then also like think global act local. And that was like my first memory. And yeah. you said that your teachers in elementary school talked about it. Yeah. It was a part way? of like the curriculum, global citizenship. It really? Was, yeah. It was. Yeah. So I think that's also very interesting. Is that like, yeah, my elementary school, it was like, like you've been to a like super hippie no, elementary school. No, no, you? my middle school, maybe, but they oh, were all public. School. They were all publicly funded. Yeah. yeah. So it was all just public school. My elementary school really focused on global citizenship. And I think in a way it was more about um, like anti-discrimination and accepting mm -hmm. people from all different mm -hmm. cultures. And mm -hmm. so that's sort of the way that they framed it, which is what global citizenship education today is all about. And that's what the UN, it's a part of the STG, the Sustainable Development Goals. Is Already. The, yeah. The global citizenship. Yeah. Education. G yeah. GCE. Oh, global yeah. Global citizenship education. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. so that is really focused on like uh, cross-cultural uh, love. Yeah. Okay, so like moving... one world and... Yeah, uh, one world. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to get into it. So um, I think before we really move on to like textbook definitions, I would say that it's important to recognize that it's a very old idea. Originally, um, 
uh, called like cosmopolitanism, which is still used a lot. Yeah, that's super interesting what you told me about that in uh, our pre-talk about this episode um, with Diogen Diogenes. In German, we say Diogenes. And uh, he's a really, really, really cool guy. He lived uh, 412 BC. And um, yeah, I mean, he was a philosopher and uh, you told me he lived like in a sort of cave and refused to take part in society mm -hmm. or in society's life, you know, mm -hmm. rules. And when he was asked, where do you come from? He said... I don't come from anywhere. I'm a global citizen. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy when you think about um, how old that is. Yeah. I remember uh, traveling when we were, when I was traveling. And no matter really where I was traveling, but there were always these travelers who said, oh, I don't come from anywhere. The world is my home. And I remember I was always thinking like, yeah. We, I don't know, I couldn't really, I thought that's a little extra, um, mm. but it's still, Diogenes seems like a really cool guy, I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a really old idea, yeah, like you said, he was from, it's like almost 2,400 years ago, that mm. he had that thought and said that, and it, cosmopolitanism went on to inspire a lot of enlightenment thinkers, mm. uh, namely Kant, who spoke mm -hmm. a lot about it, like a cosmopolitan um union of nations and things like that he was really one of the original uh world federalists you could say or ha did a lot of thinking about that sort of idea mm. um but then outside of ancient greece there's also the tamil philosopher from the 6th century bce um from where did he come uh tamil is like an old word for um oh where the island south of india uh uh Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, yeah. Ceylon is also the older word. Um, yeah, Sri Lanka. So the Tamil kings uh, were there. They were like yeah, trade yeah. kings. Mm -hmm. It was like a bit like Venice, okay. like ancient Venice, but it was like Tamil. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he was a Tamil philosopher. And he had this Yadum Uru Yaduvorum Kilir, which is like the world is one family. Um, and that's um, actually also become like UN, uh, standard. They say that all the time. I think it's important because it's non-Western philosophy. Yeah. And so like India says that often, like the president of India will say that when he speaks to the general assembly and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's kind of, uh, in the United Nations canon. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, that's all super interesting, but, um, when we get back to, to what I just told about traveling and then meeting people who say they're global citizens mm -hmm. and, uh, or they come from everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. nobody actually ever told me he's a global citizen. He, they just said the Earl, the world is my home. Mm -hmm. So what, what did you think about traveling, meeting people who said that? Uh... I mean, I never really, I don't think I ever really met somebody who said oh, really? that to me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if they did, then I quickly just... It was just... always white guys saying that to me. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, probably. It was... <laughs> I, no, I never, uh, no one ever said that to me. And if they did, I didn't yeah, okay. remember. Or I just immediately said, yeah, but where do you really come from? Yeah, okay. I also don't really ask that question very often. Uh, where you come from? Uh, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, okay. Um, so I never really ask. Mm -hmm. um yeah um yeah so anyway but yeah the, and then the question being like the world is one family so in some of the research that i did 
some of the researchers divided the concept of like identifying with humanity as a whole and with seeing yourself as a global citizen and basically seeing as like humanity is one thing is a separate idea than seeing yourself as a part of a collective humanity you mm-hmm. understand so like one is more identity focused mm-hmm. and one and the other is more like a worldview of how the world is mm-hmm. uh, they all obviously overlap but it's a very interesting uh, distinction to make and uh, a lot of the research kind of focuses on one thing or the other um do you think that there's a difference between that between seeing the world as a one family and being a global citizen no for me it's the same yeah yeah i mean if i see the world as one thing i'm immediately part of that Mm -hmm. like by by nature Mm -hmm. i'm a part of that Mm -hmm. as a global citizen okay so um you're a member of the family yeah Mm -hmm. everyone is Mm mm-hmm And I think it's important to understand humanity like that. Mm -hmm. Because how you treat your family is normally good, you know. So when we consider humanity as one family, then we should should treat each other better, you Mm. know. Yeah. And that's also what I should, what I think is also the responsibility of a global citizen. Mm. Okay. Um, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think it's definitely overlapped. Uh, it's the same. But for some people, it could be different. I think it's just a matter mm-hmm. of there's no right or wrong answer here. Um, so in the modern era, the oldest organization promoting global citizenship is the World Service Authority. Founded by a World War II bomber pilot after the war, he's from the U.S. and he bombed Germany a bunch. Um, but he felt really bad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the war, everybody was in Paris uh, talking about the United Nations. Mm-hmm. And and he went there, actually. Mm-hmm. And he interrupted the General Assembly and uh, said, "I we should have world citizenship, basically. And he was kicked out. Um, and later, he went on to found the World Service Authority, and he they issue world passports. And they still do this to this day. Mm-hmm. His name is Gary Davis, and he died like five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and beyond the world passports, which are kind of kitschy, but mm-hmm. uh, I think pretty cool because it's a political thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's a passport that can get you... In theory, it has actually worked, and people have traveled on them. They've crossed international borders with that passport. Really? Yeah, that's actually happened. Um, but beyond that, they have also started a world citizen club program at high schools and colleges in the U S and have recently joined forces with some other world federalist organizations to share resources and develop common projects. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about, um, the organizations promoting, uh, global citizenship at the bottom of the episode for now. Uh, I just want to go over some definitions of Mm -hmm. global citizenship that I found, Um, Wikipedia defines global citizenship as the idea that one's identity transcends geography or political borders and that responsibilities or rights are derived from membership in a broader class humanity. Um, There's an ideas forum, there's an organization from Scotland called Ideas Forum um, that defines it as uh, global citizenship is a way of living that recognizes our world 
is an increasingly complex web of connections and interdependencies, one in which our choices and actions may have repercussions for peoples and communities locally, nationally, or internationally. Um, and then one final definition um, from, and this is what I was talking about with the research that separates these things is, so McFarland et al., which is a, a study that I'll link in the description. Uh, so they separate global human identification from global citizenship. Mm -hmm. Global human identification focuses on identification with all human beings, whereas global citizenship focuses on belonging to the global collection of human beings. Um, and they make this distinction based on like research that they've they they their article reviews a lot of research. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like its own study. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like a review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they make this distinction just to ignore it, and they end up just categorizing these two things as, as one uh, for their per for their review. Mm -hmm. uh, but I th I just think it's interesting that you could have, uh, yeah, these two separate ideas: global human human identification and global citizenship. Um, that some people do separate it is interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. I just. It's really. I I have trouble seeing a, a difference. Difference. I, I really have a trouble there. Yeah. Because when you say belonging to the global collection of human beings, that is an identification, you know? Mm -hmm. I identify by like by thinking that I belong somewhere. You're identifying with it. I identify. Yeah. Like, this is a process of mm -hmm. identification, so... Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, they, they just... I think they see this... Different people use different terms in the research yeah, yeah, yeah and so they just say there's different terms to talk about the same idea mm -hmm, okay um yeah so i kind of already talked about that how global citizenship is very focused on the social cultural aspect of how we identify ourselves less so on civic rights and responsibilities for humanity um especially when it comes to global citizenship education promoted by the un uh, the idea is watered down a bit to essentially just being a good person with little attention paid to what global citizenship can achieve. Um, so yeah, it's more or less when people talk about global citizenship education, it is really just like anti-discrimination, um, respecting cultures, cultural relativism, that sort of moral relativism, mm. that sort of stuff, um, with little vision and, on, so my question is, if everyone on Earth identified as a global citizen first, before a national citizen, what would the world look like? That's a very interesting question, to be honest. Like, um, because even when you identify as a national citizen, um, what's interesting about that is uh, that they still doesn't stop... Um, like racism or um, like um, treating uh, people l from other parts of your nation like less important and it 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 doesn't uh, protect from yeah from 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 religious um, discrimination or 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 racism um, classism all mm -hmm. these things so um first i thought oh it must have i must would be a better place but and then i thought wait uh i don't know if that's the case you know mm. 
So it's not necessarily the the answer. It's not the silver bullet that solves all the problems, if everyone... No, I don't think so. But it's also, it's definitely important. Um, I think the education part is very, very important. And I mean, education always takes time, you know? Yeah. So um, it won't, even if we say, okay, from tomorrow on, every ident everyone has to identify as a global citizen. I mean, this only works via education over like decades. Mm-hmm that it's like slowly changes because mm -hmm. even when we start to educate the children now in elementary school, we still have the parents who tell them, eh, no, that's not true. Mm. You know? So, um, yeah, like when we have to, we, we have to start now doing that and then it will, we will see a positive outcome, but like way later. Yeah. I, I guess my question is like, what is that positive outcome? What would that look like? Because to me, that's the vision that, sells the idea of even doing that because why why do that if we don't have a clear idea for what the positive well, outcome is i think the positive outcome um when you like when you educate children um to become global citizens then um in the future we would have less problems with uh the um rich global north countries exploiting global poorer mm. global south countries and um because we would the people wouldn't would think about them as equals mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so i'm not exploiting them because mm -hmm. i don't want to be exploited mm -hmm. so this um this education needs to be way better that um it's like we really have this understanding of everyone is equal and Nobody is like less lesser or inferior lesser or inferior. Yeah. yeah. So I think in that's like the ideal version, what I have. Mm. And that's why it's like worth it to fight for it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's naive to think that we will see an outcome soon. It's mm -hmm. only works via education in mm. my, yeah. in my understanding. And that just takes ages. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, going back to the research, McFarland et al. Um, uh, it's just from 2019, so it's a pretty recent uh, article, um, and they sort of have this really cool, uh, I don't know, chart or mind map of global citizenship, and the things that um, they define it as are like intergroup empathy. Value, diversity, social mm -hmm. justice, sustained environment, mm -hmm. intergroup helping, and a responsibility to act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think these are good bullet points. Yeah. So they also uh, correlated uh, global citizenship with other indicators. So if you identify as a global citizen, what other character traits do you have? And they said, this is a quote, consistently... Global citizenship is related to lower ethnocentrism, lower prejudice, and lower dehumanization towards many groups. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. And a greater willingness to accept members of outgroups as immigrants, fellow citizens, friends, and even closer relationships. Uh, it strongly predicts greater concerns for human rights, global injustices, and poverty, and for the global environment. It is related to lower blind patriotism and less collective narcissism, mm -hmm. less support for isolationism, and to seal one's nation from outsiders. 
greater forgiveness of former national enemies, and a greater desire to one's nation to address global concerns. It predicts greater global knowledge, greater desire for global knowledge, and greater attention to global concerns. It predicts greater giving to international charities, more volunteerism for international causes, and greater willingness to protest global injustices, whether committed by one's government or by international businesses. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a pretty crazy. All the, I mean, it sounds generally really good. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like paradise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, if that would be the world in 100 years, yay, we made it. Yeah, and but... they're able to connect all of those things with one, I mean, the it and all those sentences is global citizenship. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty interesting that they connect all of these good things from this one idea. Like, es das Wetter. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Pretty. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Grandma nerd. <laughs> okay. Um, and so then they also, this really cool study that I'm borrowing a lot from. So mm. they also asked the question, how can we be global citizens? Mm. Um, so they asked 360 university students if they feel a part of, feel love toward, or have concerns for all humans everywhere. Mm -hmm. And while only 13% said yes about themselves, 47% yeah. said that a very mature and moral person would very much do so, which I think is interesting. So basically, this indicates that while we may struggle to act as global citizens, we believe that people better than us should do so. That is so interesting. It's a very interesting question. What? So it's like, yeah, I might not... I'm not mature, but people who are, they should do that. Yeah, like, yeah. totally give the responsibility to others. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's like, I don't really feel love towards all humanity, but a, a real enlightened person would. Yeah, but that's also, I mean, there you can see a crazy big problem and why this education is so important. Mm. I mean, if people say like, oh, no. I mean, yeah, some people should care about it, but not me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and we need to get to the point that everyone that this number of 13% raises on mm -hmm. 90%. Mm -hmm. Okay, however, become, so, so from the same research, becoming yeah. a global citizen may not entirely be up to us. Several recent studies indicate that the extent that once institutions, authority figures, for example, professors, and others with similar in similar interests in one's normative environment value global citizenship predicts one seeing oneself as global citizens. Basically, your your environment uh, can can decide whether or not you identify as a global citizen. Uh, yeah, it okay. might not be up to you. Mm -hmm. So our our opinions towards humanity are largely constructed by our social environment. And the study also says that the media also plays a massive part in this, specifically when it comes to how stories are framed in relation to the national interest. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about Germany, but in the U.S., basically every story that has to do with international politics always comes back to what's in the interest of the United States. Yeah. Um, and national interest is, is, is always uh, prominent yeah. in stories related no, to foreign affairs. No, it's not that much in Germany. Yeah. So that right there could show you how that, just that framing of the media by the media shows... Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's not even possible to be a global citizen if every story related to international politics yeah, puts sure. national interest at the forefront. Yeah. Um, okay, so studies 
also show other correlating factors with global citizenship. Uh, these include the perception that culture is fluid and dynamic, a desire to learn about other cultures and attend diverse events, and accept and the acceptance of diverse others while thinking about hoped for future possible self. So I don't know, it's really complicated stuff. Um, also having better grades, a liberal political motivation, positive attitudes toward technology, participation in more social networks, a quest religious motivation, a willingness to give to charity, intentions to act in an environmentally friendly manner, and an intention to do community service, and a prior or intended activism, especially, especially, specifically against unethical corporations. Okay, but for example, was heißt quest religious? Movement? Yeah, that means, uh, I, you know, I don't know, quest is like an adventure, maybe like missionary type Ooh. stuff. Oh. Yeah, so uh, not all of these are good, basically. I mean, you could be a global citizen for different reasons. You could argue, I mean, yeah, the yeah. word Catholic does mean universal. I know. So you could argue that Catholic missionaries going to Latin America and converting all the yeah. the locals a long time ago, they were the first global citizens, hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there, <laughs> there is an interesting, you know, it's yeah. not all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, but these indicators show similarities across people who identify as global citizens. Um, you don't need to do all of these things to be a global citizen, but if you do some of them, there's a good chance you consider yourself a citizen of the world. Oh, okay. um, and the the article that I read really put an emphasis on good grades. Which but why good grades? Like in school? Yeah. And they just said if you have good grades, you're a lot more likely to consider yourself a global citizen. Okay. So basically in intellect and intelligence. I didn't have so many good grades. Well, are But, you a global citizen or are you German? Um, are you European? I'm European, global citizen, born in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just interesting. There's no yeah, yeah, right yeah. or wrong here. Yeah. Okay. Um, in general, in order to increase your sense of global citizenship, you should increase your awareness of things going on in the world and the diversity of human cultures. Um, you can do this through standard education, online courses, and videos, of course, and of course, intercultural contact. If you already consider yourself a global citizen and would like to support global citizenship around the world, there are a ton of ways to get involved. So I think this is really important is that we also share the ways that adults who aren't in school, who aren't yeah. going to receive any yeah. global citizenship education, there's still ways for people to... Just contact Eston because he now wants you to get on board <laughs> no, shut welcome up. to the third part <laughs> of our episode four of total global <laughs> where Esten is presenting the young world no i don't no i talk about other he's so. actually the executive director okay all right well there's other All right, Freedy. Wow. All right. Take it. Taking the piss. Okay. So putting global <laughs> citizenship into practice is perhaps the hardest part of it. Beyond teaching kids about sustainable development goals uh, and that it's nice to be others, there's no real way to act on your sense of global citizenship. There's no real global civic space for you to participate in. Um, and to me, that's the lamest part of it is that even if you really believe that you're a global citizen and all of the world problem, all the world problems really matter to you, you have Weltschmerze, Weltschmerze, world pain, 
for all the world problems and all the wrong in the yeah. world, there's no civic space for you to participate in. You have to go directly to your national politicians or even your local ones and say, hey, what's going on in Biafra in Nigeria really sucks. These people don't have a nation state of their own. Nigeria is prosecuting them and repressing them and they need their own plate. And then you go to the Berlin mayor. What? You know, yeah. so there's no global civic space for global citizens to participate in. And I think that is the biggest problem for, for people who really do identify as global citizens. Um, alongside the World Serv Service Authority, which I mentioned before, the organization that issues world passports, um, perhaps the most successful organization promoting global citizenship is Democracy Without Borders. They're headquartered here in Germany, but they have chapters around the world. Um, and they run two fairly successful campaigns for people to get involved in. Uh, first, the campaign for a United Nations Parliamentary Assembly, which is basically a precursor for what would become a Parliament of Humanity. Um, and then second, the campaign for a United Nations World Citizens Initiative, which is the idea that if a certain number of global citizens endorse a citizen-launched initiative... UN bodies, such as the General Assembly or the Security Council, would have to put them as an agenda item uh, and give representatives the initiative, uh, the basically the floor to make their case. So it's like a, it's like a, the ability to petition um, UN organizations. Mm. And these are two campaigns, uh, which I'll link in the episode description. Um, but they're uh, really cool and they have nice websites and they're like the best things in the World Federalist Movement, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can get more involved. If you really agree with what what's being said in this episode, I encourage you to get involved and at least sign these campaigns and maybe watch a video or two. Um, Esten, and uh, the last bullet point here is, is called Young World Federalists. So you want to tell our audience about what the Young World Federalists are? <laughs> yeah. By the way, Esten is the executive director of the Young World Federalists. Yeah. <laughs> I present firmly. I'm happy to give the stage <laughs> to Esten now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> maybe a little nervous when you when you promote it like that you fluff it up like that pretty um yeah so i am the executive director of a small global movement of young people committed towards a democratic world federation which is essentially that global civic space that i'm talking about including things like i just mentioned a, a, a world parliament um, that everyone in the world could vote for. And the reason that we advocate for a democratic world federation is because we believe that um, international treaties um, and agreements between competitive nation states are not the perfect tool to solve global problems. The perfect examples being, of course, the climate crisis and the global pandemic uh, that just were, are completely... Uh, basically problems that were not solved at all by global cooperation, but by competition. Um, and you could argue they were made a, a lot worse by that. Um, and there's a, there's a lot that I could say there. Um, but the main issues that we argue for is like the end of war, uh, protecting human dignity around the world. So making human rights actually like enforceable world law so that if a company or a country uh, breaks 
or violates human rights, they would actually be punished for that. Um, uh, protecting the environment and uh, stemming the impact of climate change and also going beyond. So uh, really harnessing the power of a collective humanity for global projects like space exploration or uh, global infrastructure projects like high-speed rail that connects the whole world, which would actually be a, a whole part of uh, promoting global citizenship if you could just take a four-hour train to any country in the world, basically. I mean, that would be a big part of intercultural contact. Hmm. So, And that's only really possible if we had a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that I could say there, but I would, I would, I'll also link to it in the description. Young World Federalist, we have a Discord channel for people to interact, and we have a team, and we're trying to start chapters. So there's a lot going on, and I would encourage anybody listening to get involved with some of the campaigns I mentioned earlier, or, yeah, come join us on the Young World Federalist Discord. Okay, so we talked uh, in this episode about global citizenship. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it all. Yeah. It's a heart Herzens thema von Esten. Yeah, it is my Herzens thema It's my... It's my, my heart topic, I don't know. My labor of love, maybe. Yeah. He, he puts more energy in Young World Federalist than in me. <laughs> Sometimes I don't like that, but generally that's okay. <laughs> Maybe. And um, have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.